Under the Dome Radio initial reactions for Season 2, Episode 12, entitled Turn, recorded September 15th, 2014. Welcome back to Under the Dome Radio, the unofficial podcast and blog by and for fans of CBS TV's Under the Dome, episode 46 here, Under the Dome Radio. So check out the show notes at underthedomeradio.com slash 46 and leave your feedback to be included in the full discussion later this week at underthedomeradio.com. And me, I am at Wayne Henderson, your voice acting podcasting Green Bay Packers fan. And I am at Troy Heinrichs, wondering when we started having vampires come under the dome as Big Jim seems to like to eat or drink blood this evening. (laughs) It was rather creepy. I'll give you that. This had a very Stephen King twinge to it towards the end of the episode, wouldn't you say? In the final 90 seconds, but not at all Stephen King-like up until that point. So we start out the episode with the science teacher wondering, of course, how she is going to save the day as the dome is creeping inward. (laughs) (laughs) It was just crazy. I like the sounds that the dome was making when it was contracting and all of the ice and black ice and snow and frost and frostbite. It's almost as if it never happened. Yeah, the best part, I think you tweeted me during the course of the episode and said, Hey, does this remind you of another Stephen King movie that was probably about just as cheesy in the effects department called The Langoliers? (laughs) Yes. Oh, oh, that was horrific. But, uh, you know, how hard? I mean, it's got to be pretty difficult to make it seem like a dome is contracting on a small town back east. So I'll cut him with some slack, but it, it just seemed a little odd. But, you know, our friend Ben is back again, very briefly and again. For no real reason other than to show us that Ben is back. Well, the great thing about Ben's character is that he always delivers the best lines. And I really loved his line where he said, you know, now I know that we're in trouble because the girl that hates everything is actually telling me it's going to be okay. You know, that's a great observation because since he's only on every, what, seventh or eighth episode, he hasn't noticed the uh, progression that Nori has made from goth girl to uh, Joe's love interest. To I really don't believe in guns, so keep that thing in the drawer because you almost blew my friend's face off last time you used it. But back then they weren't even friends, so the whole thing was uh, kind of confusing in that scene. But I had to crack up when Lyle and Junior are hanging out and Lyle says he wants to make up for hitting him in the head with the hot uh, fireplace poker. Yeah, it's almost like they had a bonding moment like they had back in the barbershop. But I love how the interpretation of the journal or diary or sketchbook, whatever you want to call it, was different, but depending on who looked at it. So yes, the real big question for all of you, again, 904-469-7469 or under the dome radio.com slash feedback. How different would this show have been had the science teacher actually tried to interpret the journal? Oh, man, I, I would like to hear Rebecca Pine's interpretation of some of those drawings, because, of course, Lyle and and, and Junior looks like they're going to get into some scrapbooking right about the time that Lyle's like, no, that's actually a picture of me and Pauline living happily ever after in heaven. I'm like, wow, this guy's got it bad. 
I mean, Rebecca would take that sketchbook and she'd start to go, okay, well, the angle of this one in relation to the angle of that one on the zenith point of the parallel spectrum, you know, clearly says that we're all going to die. That and Pauline has way too much paint, way too much paint. I kind of liked actually Big Jim and Pauline working together as a, I wouldn't call it a cohesive family unit, but a family unit nonetheless to try to get her uh, painting vision capability back a uh, little touching scene with them as he's helping her do the brush stroke of uh, drawing an upside down you. I just thought that scene was re- it creeped me out for, for, I don't even know why it just gave me the sensation of being very creepy. And one would think that Pauline's vast, wonderful artwork about the uh, future of things going on under and outside of the dome, that those would need to be just when the feeling strikes her and not something that could be forced like that. Now, Junior clearly shows that he has some love interest for Melanie in this episode this evening. Do you think it was more because at first he kisses her on the forehead and then later on actually kisses her on the lips. So is this more of a, I care about you and I don't want you to die, or I really care about you and I don't want you to die? Well, remember that uh, they've been kind of seeing each other for about four or five days now. And, and so she truly is Junior's love of his life. So I think it's super deep. Super deep. Yeah. I mean, they just fell asleep together. It didn't actually do anything. We were still in our clothes. But they were in the magical and very romantic Storm cellar with mold and bad smells from everything being waterlogged. And, you know, the memories that that kind of place can evoke, man, just it's a Hallmark card waiting to happen. Well, the best part about this episode was clearly Hunter and Barbie having their little battle going back and forth. And then, of course, summoning his father to the gangplank. It was actually kind of cool to see him kind of hanging there over the abyss. I was kind of waiting for the dome to go magnetic again and just pulled Don Barbara's whole operation right up against it into the pit. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing that at any minute now, Don Barbara and that scaffolding was going to be gone, (laughs) but no, that was a very strange uh, thing to have, but I guess they have to get as close to each other on both sides of the dome so that their interpreters with the sketch pad from Hunter and the black ops guy with his, uh, Military grade computer laptop can uh, be the. <laughs> I just love how they were interpreting in case you couldn't read lips. The best part was the translation wasn't exactly the full translation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like just type anything, whatever. Sorry, not now. Please repeat. <laughs> love it. Good stuff though tonight. Uh, the one that I really, really liked was the concept of the eight hands. Which, if you remember back, we talked about, uh, I think it was two episodes ago, we had that screen capture on the blog post with the six hands. And I think it was partly true. The eight hands needed to be there, but also there were only six hands that really needed to touch something in order to make it come true. So that six hand painting actually was the one that they were looking for inside before she actually painted the final painting. And it's all coming to uh, fruition at this very minute. So, of course, the big question for the audience, again, plus one, nine, oh, four, four, six, nine, seven, four, six, nine, or under the dome radio dot com slash feedback. Was this, oh, she's the eighth person in time and space that bridges the gap 
was that planned all along or was that a, oh crap, we killed Angie. So we need an eighth hand excuse. <laughs> I do want to hear what the listeners think, because right now I'm thinking this is a major cop out. You know, Melanie, of course, is healed all in one episode. And now she gets to play double hands. And, you know, don't call me Becky Pine. She's not very happy that uh, Melanie's all healed and it doesn't make any sense to her. Imagine how frustrated Miss Pine would be if she was watching a TV show, say, Under the Dome, and trying to have it make sense. Well, I really thought the way they were setting this episode up tonight with the whole science versus faith conversation making its way back in, I really ended up thinking that Rebecca Pine was going to become the new eighth hand. And that's how she was going to be like, oh, magically converted to the way of the dome. Mm. I could see them trying to go that direction. But, uh, you know, Melanie, as soon as she's fully healed, Dome NATO takes her away into the ground. And there's a new hole in the ground, too, under the dome. And I assume that we have to take that as a grain of salt, right? That that was Gray Smoke Monster pulling her into wherever she went. We assume probably back to Zenith. We assume maybe inside of the obelisk, who knows, but it's clearly got to be another way and another passage out. Every other week, we have a different way that you can escape under the dome. So people better just all jump down into that uh, thing and see if it pops them out. Maybe in Tunisia, because it re resembles a bit of a well type of hole that was on a, another TV show. I, I believe it was lost. Um, and you could go down into that, turn the frozen donkey wheel and end up over in Tunisia. So Melanie could be most anywhere. Well, our good friend Sheila Brothers actually got to interview Jack Bender, and Jack was actually painting that final painting of Melanie standing on top of a black oval with the eight hands during the course of that interview. And when I saw that interview, I thought for sure that it was Melanie hatching out of the black egg. So I really liked seeing the painting and then having it be something completely different. I was really surprised by what happened towards the end of the episode. I remember now that uh, painting that they were talking about, and I could see where this could be the interpretation of that particular scene coming back around. Now, one thing I want to bring up in listeners, I want to know what you're thinking about this scene, because a very interesting line was said here that could be a red herring, or it could be the key to something that we may see in the future. You know, uh, Don Barber goes to the egg that's in the playground in Zenith, and he doesn't listen to anybody. He picks it up. And his sidekick, Macklick, orders Papa Barbs to put the egg down at gunpoint and says something along the lines of, he takes orders too. Yeah, very interesting concept from Malik. I'm almost surprised that there is a third party because I think I was the one that had the original two parties with the Chester's Millions stuck in between theory. And so this is clearly somebody else that's now pulling the strings. The bigger question, of course, is why was Don able to touch the egg? Was it because the dome allowed him to do it? Or does he have some other ties into the eight hands somehow? Or that magical Barbie Barbara uh, bloodline. He wasn't even wearing a hazmat suit, just a regular suit and tie. Looked pretty snazzy. But uh, this other person, if there's another entity that's giving orders... Is this who Hunter is actually truly working for? Mm, that's a good question, too. All awesome things that if a season three were to happen, we'd actually have storylines to continue the show forward. Now, should we seek answers? And I assume the, the answer to that question is yes. 
What are some answers that are tied to this dripping blood that was on, at least it appeared to be blood that was around the same time that Pauline was doing her paintings, but it looked like it was coming from elsewhere. It looked like it was dripping from the side of the painting, almost like it was coming from behind the canvas. And I think that's why she was shocked by it because I don't think she actually painted the red. It just kind of started seeping through from behind, kind of like Pauline's blood started seeping through from behind because Lyle stabbed her in the back. Can you believe Lyle would do something like that? Uh, Yes. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh. Uh, So basically he's finally fed up that uh, Pauline is getting back together with Big Jim and you're right. That pretty much takes care of Pauline. Then Big Jim goes off. And now Pauline may or may not be dead. They don't really show that. But the way Big Jim goes off and uh, then stabs Lyle, I think Lyle's dead. And the book readers rejoice. They're like, yes, the Big Jim from the book is back. As he thrusts the knife into his chest cavity. So I think pretty much Lyle is going to end up being dead. But the big question, of course, this brings to mind is, Now who's going to be cutting and coloring everybody's hair in Chester's Mill? These people are going to be looking pretty shaggy pretty quick. There goes the hairdresser, the most important person in town. No more songs or poems to recite as we heard the lyrics to turn twice this evening, once by Lyle reading it at the beginning, and then, of course, a cover towards the end of the episode. True. Lyle starting off with the biblical passage, And then at the very end, a cover of the song, which I don't need to hear done that way again. Just saying. But I'm wondering now that, you know, because off and on over the past few episodes, Lyle has talked about these visions that he had of the flames, thousand feet high, the entire world in flames. I'm sure they're going to be showing us that scene, but I don't suppose Lyle gets to see it unless... He, like Melanie, is going to come back from the dead or wherever Melanie's been because he also was one of the hands. And so maybe he can magically reappear just as well. Or maybe him and Pauline are going to heaven together and they're going to watch it all unfold from front row seats up above. Yeah, maybe Lyle's interpretation of that scrapbook uh, postcard painting is the correct interpretation after all. Wouldn't that be a hoot if Lyle has been right about everything all along? Well, the bigger question is, is what and where did this stabbing situation occur between Pauline and Lyle and Big Jim that the other people that are just feet away in the woods by the black hole are, you know, completely oblivious to it? (laughs) If nothing else, even if they weren't oblivious, I would have thought there would have been some shrieks or screams or at least some gasps. Yeah, there wasn't even a gasp when Pauline was kissing Big Jim. Gotta get that image out of my head before I go to bed tonight. (laughs) Good call, Troy. But uh, yeah, she didn't even like catch a breath or something or make a motion like she got stabbed. It just kind of pulled away and it was like, oh, blood on his mouth. That's weird. The uh, blood must have been imported into town in a pretty big supply because it was coming out of all of their mouths. Pretty bright, vibrant, uh, shiny red. Oh, my. There was a violent final 90 seconds to the episode. And like you alluded to earlier, kind of reminiscent of the book. Finally. Woo. Yeah. And definitely bringing back the Stephen King flair to the show, because we said, I think it was on the last episode, 
the show was supposed to be done on Showtime, right? <laughs> yes. And now we get a little bit more cable like action. So I'm I'm curious to find out what the finale holds in store. Yeah, because between the first episode of this season and tonight's episode, everything in between pretty much could be an after school TV special. Whereas uh, tonight we're getting back to the dome like uh, situation. So, so many things that we would love to hear listener feedback on. Again, that phone number is plus one. 904-469-7469. Let your voice be heard. Be part of our full discussion coming out in just a couple days. This week, we, again, need to record early. So please, please, please get your listener feedback in before 4 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday so we can uh, get that into the show because your thoughts and theories will help make all of this make a lot more sense. That's right. It's going to be a great one to talk about as we set up for the season two finale next week. And we will be back to talk to all of you because I'm sure there is much, much discussion to be had as people are talking to the dome, talking to God and talking to each other about the dome and God. And we will have those conversations for you in just a few short days. Until then, I am at Troy Heinrichs. And I'm at Wayne Henderson. Stay trapped under the dome. Under the Dome Radio. Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life. Laugh with our clean comedy. Theorize over great television shows and so much more. All waiting for you at noodle.mx.